Is it your mum's? My little purse. Is it your mum's purse? It's my purse. Well, it, I think it used to be... I think it used to be my dad's, actually. Or... No, it looks like a mum purse, doesn't oh, it? That's definitely a mum purse. Yeah. Are we recording? We are. So this is... Is this your wallet? That's not a wallet. It's a little change purse for parking and... Is, this, is it normally in your car? It is, but... I've just got my car back from the mechanic and I've had to pay a painful £900 bill for a car that's... It's alright. <laughs> for a car that's <laughs> worth about that. Um, so, I'm not... I'm sure it's worth more than... It's worth twice that. So I'm not particularly happy with that. Have you had it valued recently to know that it's worth twice that? Roughly, yeah. <laughs> Yusuf has a, a tendency to when he'll do something that's in, but it's done that can't be undone and then he just beats himself up about that thing <laughs> by he's been researching the thing that he's paid to replace and discovered ways that it could have maybe been done for £16 or £10 basically but the ABS the unit could have been um, it's a, that was supposedly faulty but looking back it may have just been the sensor which is a, a fraction of the price of replacing the full unit anyway brakes are important aren't they that are, yeah really important breaks my heart as well you're listening to the propane fitness podcast your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks with your hosts yusuf and johnny simple rules dramatic results not as important as your little purse <laughs> so johnny's just come back from his first session with paul reese limped back limped back who is um, the Bournemouth barbell coach. And how many sets did you do, Johnny, today? I've lost count. 40, 36? <laughs> 36 sets of squat and deadlift. Of three. 36 sets of three. Do you want me to run you through it? At 60 to 75%. Yeah, let's yeah. just run through quickly. Okay, so begin the session with Let Us Pray. No, I'm joking. Um, so you first, first thing I did was... Um, box squat two below parallel so that's not a like a west side barbell box squat it is normal squat till glutes touch basically it was a just a, a, a squat box with a few plates on to hit me hit to hit me in the depth see <laughs> see what's happened to him he's, he's, he's a broken man right <laughs> Bo- box squats six sets of three with 65%, so it was 147.5 for me, with a minute rest in between. The minute rest thing is completely new to me and added a whole different dimension, made it really hard. Then... So that was 147? 147 for six sets of three, minute rest in between. I then took a few minutes, had some water, gathered my thoughts, and then same weight stays on the bar, and it's tempo squats, six sets of three, five seconds down, five seconds up. Now... If anyone's ever done tempo squats, three seconds is the norm. Um, so these were a challenge. <laughs> Five seconds feels like an eternity. It, it, oh, when well, there's a weight on your back. So there's well. a video of me on Instagram. You can go and have a look. But it's I misestimate. I think every rep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, There'll be people commenting like, oh, "That's not five that's seconds." That's not five. Yeah. Like, well, you try you it then. Bloody try it. Yeah. So um, that was two minute intervals in between each one. Again. So by this point. You know, when you're 10 sets in of squatting with 147, you think, like, this should be fine. But it isn't fine. Trust me. So these are all three reps. Um, but that then got really hard, and it was 182.5 kilos for six sets of three 
two count pause squat, which <laughs> I think is a PB in the most the most pause squats I've done. Um, so you might be thinking that sounds okay. Finish there. Unfortunately, not. So move on to deadlift. Eight sets of three with sixty percent. Is that right? Yeah. So hundred basically one hundred eighty kilos for me for everything. Eight sets of three. Then it's tempo deadlift, five seconds up, five seconds down. Then speed deadlift with a pause at the top. So Paul Reese is, is is doing my programming for me, and he is an absolute legend in the powerlifting world. He's trained, I think, probably well, I, I don't know, but several European world champions, um, medal positions, etc., and just a really nice man. So, Seventy years old, and we're starting to find out why they were world champions yeah. now. So, What's really, do you want me to start keep talking about this? So what's really interesting for it, about it for me, um, one of the reasons I wanted to work with Paul is it's a completely new approach, completely different to everything I've done before. And I'm always looking for ways to expand my own understanding of programming and how different people do these, do these things. Paul's worked with strength athletes in all different disciplines. So shot put, uh, discus throwers, powerlifters, I think other sports teams as well. Um, and he just does things differently to kind of your standard linear progression or standard linear progression or, or like daily undulating periodization, for example. I'm only one session in, so it's too early to say, but I tend to like it when things are hard because it... You didn't have to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be... I like it when things are difficult because it, in my head, I think, well, if it's difficult, then I'm going to get loads of gains. But my hamstring hurts. So the same hamstring that was pulled a few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh dear. That'd be okay though. I think Paul's gonna have you shouting. <laughs> what Dad. Dad. <laughs> so that's that's another realization I had was that when you watch if you ever watch different Owen, sounds for different lifts as well. There is. If you ever watch your own Hubbard lift, you'd think like, why is he making all that noise? Well He's just been made to. <laughs> His coach tells him off if he over, over time. When you, I imagine you do that amount of volume for the amount of time that he's done that amount of volume it just starts to have effect on your, on your soul <laughs> and that's what happens so watch out for so the next videos. the next thing on Yusuf's notes and I'm wondering if they're connected is just the word hospital yeah I have a little hospital story we, we're on a bit of a time crunch we're about to go for a, a, a barbecue so I'll run through this quickly <laughs> in November no, yeah. yeah, no, it is still November. It is Fine. November. Great, right. just. Well, it won't be when you listen to this. But anyway, I was in hospital last week for some reason. So following round the doctor's shadowing and uh, that day there was a lot of rectal exams that had to go on. The consultant turns to me and says, Yusuf, go into that storage room, get me some lube and some gloves, come back. Okay, fine. Came back. Um, picked up quite a bit of lube, put it in my pocket. Um, was it in a container? In Yeah, in uh, sachets. <laughs> so she does the rectal exam on a patient. And then t- 20 minutes later, she's like, Yusuf, go back into that room, get me some more lube and some more gloves. And I pulled the lube out of my pocket and then handed it over and realised that that looks really bad. But it's too late to try and explain anything. So I've just publicly <laughs> looked like I've just been nicking lube. <laughs> but what did the consultant say? They just 
the the consultant and the other two doctors both all just looked at me and then were just like just carried on doing what they're doing so she like, thought gonna... that you'd got an amount of lube given it to her and yeah. that was all the lube you had when so actually then to be like, oh, you had don't lots, worry I've got it right here so um, I just thought this is one of the situations where any explanation will just dig the hole further yeah. so, so just, don't say anything. just remain silent very high level thinking like well, in, the, in the moment because I've made that mistake before where you dro- oh no no it's because I was I was going to put it oh, oh fuck no, you just think no never mind just here's, here's the lube that I have from my pocket go finger someone in the bum did you finger anyone in the bum? I didn't luckily we right so you were glad about that I'd rather not like it it's sort of puts a downer on your day <laughs> I mean it has to be done I'm sure but anyway since we're on a time crunch, we're going to get to the point. You're probably thinking, guys, get to the point. Um, a, a big insight that we've had related to goal setting recently, and this is huge, is separate planning from execution. This is something we picked up at a seminar a couple of weeks ago. And uh, if you have seen Johnny's recent article on goal setting, what was it called? The, the Truth About Fitness Transformations. So check that out we discuss a process that we run through and the biggest error that I think we make is mixing up planning and executing and just getting muddled up and trying to plan while executing and trying to execute while planning. Where we actually got this from is a coach that we're working with at the moment who just explained the idea in a way that I think the the way that he phrased it was he just immediately had like a, 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 a I don't want to say shift but like it made me realize it it, or made me think about it a different way and it was just that in order to achieve the the best results of anything that you're doing you need to remove yourself emotionally from the outcome so you need to just focus on the process the problem is with most things that are worth achieving they're worth achieving because we have some level of emotional investment in in the result so whether that is um something financial or something in your career, whether it's something in your fitness or your, uh, your nutrition, whether it's something relationship-based, you're, you're always, you have an emotional response or a feeling towards the outcome. So when you're doing the work towards that goal, it's so difficult to remove the thoughts about, oh, well, what if this goes wrong, then I won't get X, Y, Z, or maybe I should do this differently. And so you start to second guess and overthink everything. And as a result, the result always ends up being less than what it could be because you were overthinking the process rather than just executing. So Chris, our coach, had us try to work on this idea of staying detached from the outcome and focused just in the moment, in the in the present moment on the work that you're doing. And really, I think what we've both realized slowly over time is the only way to do that is to is to outsource part or, or all of what you're doing to get towards that goal. So not only does the goal come out less less than what it could be. Not only does the execution have some kind of holdback and lack of trust in, in the process and you're not executing mindfully, but also have you ever done, so for example, have you ever done a training block, say a 12-week training block, and then changed what you were doing midway through? And then by the end of the block, you're like, I have no idea what worked and what didn't because mm. I made a change halfway through. So now I actually have no data to go forward. <laughs> well, I have data, but it doesn't mean anything. So, like, what do I do now? Not sure. Try it again, maybe. Change loads of things. People ask us all the time, actually, why we, um, why we both get coached. When we, we both spend 
tens of hours every week designing and managing programs for people surely you can just do that for yourself and it's free and really easy to do but every time I've tried to do that because I'm so emotionally invested in the outcome I just can't stay detached from well you've just signed up with a, with a with coach a, with as a different well. one yeah so and you have to have this outside mm. perspective from you know from a knowledge perspective yes and from um, accountability but objectivity it's just the big it's, three it's seeing it from a distance isn't it that's all it is it's um it's being able to look at what you're doing even if it isn't you know the, the amount of time i spend programming for a client i don't worry about is every set and every rep optimal it's is this effective is it matched to their goal yes no and as long as it is it's managing their adherence to that thing so what happens then when when the client is invested in the process and they believe in it and they trust you as a coach then they can execute 100 percent mindfully and without any kind of holdback or second guess and so even for for that alone the fact that you just dive balls in and <laughs> you just or balls out or balls out depending on your gender you can have um, your balls wherever you'd like them to be as long as you're consistent <laughs> that's that's the, the crux of it that's really. it maybe um, we should change that get rid of simple rules dramatic results and just balls in or balls out balls anywhere as long as you're consistent <laughs> <laughs> I I really like that as a as a slogan. I think we should change it. So another example, I'm currently having a bit of a lull with motivation in in training, um, just because I've had a I've had an ongoing back injury and it's preventing me from training in the way that I'd like to. So if you've seen my um, well heard the podcast about that or seen my vlog on that, um, you know that I'm making adaptations to things. But um, there's very little effort going into diet or training it's just coming in getting it done and weight is remaining stable which is exactly what i need and the reason for that is that i've separated planning from execution i've done all of the thinking ahead of time and now it's just a case of just following the program while other things are going on and then later on we can reassess so it's important as well to make use of the ebbs and flows in your motivation because sometimes you'll be fired up to plan and to make sure that you've, you've got things right and goal setting. But often while you're executing, there'll be periods of time where you have a slump in motivation. Again, another article which <laughs> uh, which will be out on the 6th of December or was out on the 6th of December. <laughs> <laughs> um, time travel. So sometimes you won't have uh, that motivation to keep you going. And so you, you need to have had the plan just written out for you ahead of time so that all you need to do is wake up and just follow execute. the execute. It's already laid out for you. This was something that was that Eric Helms mentioned in the previous podcast. <laughs> in the last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, you know, he doesn't track his... I asked him what his MyFitnessPass streak was. And uh, it's zero. Which, as you probably have heard, I was outraged <gasps> at. But... The reason it's zero, the reason he doesn't need to track is purely because he spent years tracking. And when you create that kind of groove in your lifestyle and you create that kind of consistency with the process, it's so hard to get out of it. And the reason Yusuf's weight doesn't fluctuate is just because he's used to eating in a way that means his macros are sensible every single day. That's maybe something, yeah, I should I should kind of caveat, um, which is <clears throat> if you were to, if you're new to this, and you're just going to jump in and, and YOLO because um, you thought, oh, well, Yusuf doesn't track anymore and keeps a stable weight. 
you you've built the behavioral grooves that I, um the the phrase i used last week to establish those habits so that you can then eyeball your food and hit your macros and you then become much more um, in tune with how full you should feel after a meal to be a certain weight and how mm. hungry you need to be to be in a deficit and you can almost um eventually when when you reach kind of macro jedi status which i'm i'm not i don't think either of us are, are quite there yet because it this is 20 years of, of doing this, very high level yeah. um where you could rate your hunger out of 10 and know what deficit how much of a deficit you're in that day um and then you can sort of verify that by going back and retrospectively tracking i think we can get there within 200 calories or so um, 200 calories is accurate it, it is but um something i the, have um i'm actually building like a, a visual representation of what a client goes to when they work with us because i think there are um there are almost levels or grades of so that you know when someone's been started a white belt basically yeah and there's there's one guy in particular called andy so hey andy if you listen to this he we've been working together uh, coming up to three years i think and um he's now like his only tracking that he does is retrospective so it it's but we've turned it into a game where we're trying to train his ability to manage his weight intuitively and eventually we'll take the stabilizers off and he'll just be managing his weight on a daily basis but because that that process in itself creates such an awareness of i'm eating 3000 calories what does that feel like or i'm at it's 8 p.m. should do i need to eat a little bit more or do i not or like should i have that entire pizza or or should i wait or, you know maybe not in that example <laughs> but i think that where a lot of people get derailed with this is when they you know if they're used to following a meal plan they're used to following something consistently and then suddenly something different happens like we're going for a barbecue this evening what the hell do I do with that and I think if you can't rely on just natural signals and and the way it feels you'll you'll always be lost so in, in Andy's case what well, no that, that, that makes sense because in, in Andy's case he's um, he's taken the execution to um, the automatic level and it's it's happening mm. kind of unconsciously um, but even ascending through those levels you have to have the high level planning so that you know at what stage you and what indicators you have so that you can ascend through the levels. Um, and that's why you can't just dive straight in. Uh, Johnny's uh, laughing at something. So the person we're going to meet at the barbecue is Chris, who's longtime podcast guest, been on multiple episodes. Um, and he's just, uh, he's just sent a photo saying that he's just driven past me on a bike driving into town. It's basically... That you were on a bike. Kermit the Frog, really long legs, really short torso, riding a bike. (laughs) Speaking of that, we really need to go. We do need to go. I hope this was helpful for you. And we will speak to you next time. Takeaway point, separate planning from execution. If anything has um, struck your interest, piqued your interest. Stricken. Stricken. If anything struck. Smited. uh, Striked. (laughs) Striked. If striker you, dead. If your interest has been striker dead today, go on the website propanefitness.com. You can get and show notes. Buy stuff on there. You can buy a t-shirt on there. Um, I've got a t-shirt and I really like it. So it is nice. And Do you like uh, yours? I like mine. So it stands to reason then that you'll like yours. But yeah. Hundred percent of the people that have a t-shirt like it. So <laughs> you can also subscribe to um, our other podcasts: iTunes, Android, Stitcher, etc. Download our free ebook. 
and you can also get exclusive content that we reserve only to our private email list as well. Okay, so speak to you guys next week.